Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to recap San Francisco 49ers' first half of the 2022-2023 regular season. But before we do that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Ray Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Before we went on break, we previewed what we're doing this week's show. Once again, talking about the Niners. However, we are going to pivot a little bit because the Niners don't have a game. So we're going to talk about the recap for the first half of the season because it is the bye and we can't exactly recap the bye so we'll go through what we've seen so far Niners have been mediocre they are currently four and four they are in second place in the division as they are half a game ahead of the Rams They did win the tiebreaker though so basically a full game but they are a game behind Seattle who has been one of the surprises of the overall league but before we actually get into the recap week by week and through the stat sheets we do have to talk about what happened last week and we were not good However, we were uh, fortunate that the Niners ended up dominating, but we were wrong. We picked the Rams to end up covering the spread, and we also picked the under, and that did not work out. Looked good early for the under, but unfortunately, 14 points in the fourth quarter by the Niners put that to bed as McCaffrey went nuts, and you saw the Rams' defense really struggle in the second half, giving up 21 points. But to go through the actual game breakdown, the Niners and the Rams had a very close battle for the first Two quarters, two and a half quarters, as the Rams actually led at the half, 14 to 10. Then the Niners took over, scored 21 unanswered points in the second half, and they won the game 31 to 14. Main story, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was really, really good as he ended up dominating. He had a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown, and the Rams had no answers for the entire game. Garoppolo was good, too. He had 21 completions on 25 attempts, 235 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times, which is not great, but he did have a QBR of 81.1. And McCaffrey had one completion on one attempt for 34 yards, one touchdown on that trick play touchdown pass to Ayuk. For the ground game, McCaffrey was good as well. 18 carries, 94 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, you had Ayuk, who had that big catch from McCaffrey, 81 total yards and one touchdown. Ross Dwelly had one catch for 56 yards. McCaffrey had eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. And Kittle had three catches for 39 yards, including a fourth quarter wide receiver, uh, wide uh, receiving touchdown, which basically put the game on ice. But to go through the offense once again, McCaffrey had a passing touchdown, 
a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. I believe he's the third player to ever do that. So it was a historic performance by him. But I wasn't sure how much volume he would get. We know they eased him into the offense the week prior, and I thought they would still probably end up using Wilson a bit more. I thought it would be somewhere around a 60-40 split if I had to guess. That was not the case. The Niners said, we traded a bunch of picks for you. It's a big division game. Here you go. And they gave him the keys to the offense, and McCaffrey carried them to a win. So very nice performance there to go through the defense. They ended up sacking Stafford two times. They ended up not forcing any fumbles or any interceptions, which is kind of shocking because Stafford is basically guaranteed to throw a pick whenever he plays the Niners. But as for the defense, Fred Warner had half a sack and Nick Bosa had one and a half sacks. Bosa has been really, really underrated in the national landscape. And I know he's a very good player. I understand that he is obviously a former number two pick in the draft, but you're looking at defensive player of the year voting. And right now I think he's a top three candidate. Would I vote for him to win? No, I think he's in third place. I think Parsons is easily in first right now with Dallas. He has been unreal with the Cowboys, and he had a defensive touchdown last week after recovering that fumble because Justin Fields jumped over him instead of touching him while he was on the ground. But Parsons is easily one, and I think Miles Garrett's probably two because he's been unreal with the Browns. He also had the great performance on Monday night this past week, so he did well on a national TV uh, game, and I think that's definitely going to help out. But Bosa despite missing a game, does have eight and a half sacks. I think he should be third right now in defensive player of the year voting. So that's kind of just a brief segue. But to go back to the actual game, want to mention the Rams offense. I talked about how they didn't have any turnovers. The problem is they didn't gain any yards because the Rams had 223 total yards of offense and 16 first downs. Was not good uh, to Stafford. 187 passing yards, one touchdown, no picks, sacked twice. Uh, the ground game was useless once again. I mentioned how the 49ers had the worst rushing offense or one of the worst rushing offenses in the, sorry, the Rams had one of the worst rushing offenses in the league. They were slightly above the Bucks, but the Niners, we know, have a good ground game under Shanahan. It got even better with McCaffrey. The Rams, though, continue to just be inept at running the ball. They've rotated running backs. They had Akers to start the year. He went AWOL. They tried Darrell Henderson at starter. That hasn't worked out. Now that Ronnie Rivers led the team in carries last week, he averaged 2.6 yards a carry. The entire team, you had Stafford with a rushing touchdown, by the way, but you had a whole, your whole team with 21 carries for 56 yards, 2.7 yards per carry, which is anemic. And I think that was definitely the issue for the first half of the season for the Rams. They have no offensive balance. And really besides Cup, they have no weapons. You can talk about all of the signings they had in the offseason. The offensive line stinks, for the record. They can't run the ball, and their offense in terms of passing game is Cooper Cup, who is incredible. I know he got a bit injured in that Niners game, but he's still really, really good. I think he'll probably play this upcoming Sunday, but the other receivers aren't good. Allen Robinson was decent last week at 54 yards. I think it's safe to say he's been a disappointment so far this season with the overall um yeah, with the overall roster, uh, you're hoping he'd be able to replace Odell Beckham Jr. That has not worked out well. And Robinson's been mostly disappointment. But uh, I also have to at least acknowledge the fact that you don't have any other options. You're looking at the receiving core. You have Skoranek as your third guy, maybe Van Jefferson, who just came back off of the injured list. But they have no weapons, and they can't run the ball. And the offensive line stinks, and Stafford's turnover prone. They really do nothing well offensively besides Cooper Cup, and that's why 
They're one of the worst offenses in the league. And if you want to ask me for my prediction right now, I think they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think this team is good. And if you want to talk about the division, it was supposed to be a really high-powered division. I know it hasn't been that way up to this point, but the Cardinals could give the Rams problems. I know McVay owns Kingsbury, but still, I think you could argue that the, that with Hopkins in the lineup, maybe Arizona could win and split the season series. Seattle's been good. I think Seattle could beat the Rams. I think that's definitely a possibility. And the Niners already swept the Rams. So I don't think they're going to be that good in division record. And I think that that's really going to hurt this team because offensively, they have a hard time reaching 20 in any given game. But I mentioned the overall offensive numbers for the Rams defense. Leonard Floyd had two sacks and Greg Gaines had one sack for their total of three. But once again, the Niners really dominated because McCaffrey was incredible and he had himself a signature game in what was essentially his first career start. I know he's technically started against the Chiefs. He barely played, so I'm not going to count that. But he really made it known with this performance how worth the trade was or worthwhile the trade was for the Niners because people were concerned they gave up a lot. They didn't give up first-round pick, but they gave up a decent amount of overall draft capital in terms of quantity. McCaffrey's McCaffrey. And if he stays healthy, he's really a game-changer. And you could argue with the pass-catching ability and the overall route running along with the smoothness he has in the backfield, he's probably the best running back in the league. And I think he is the best running back in the league when healthy. People say Derrick Henry. People might say Nick Chubb. But in the passing game, they don't really give you much. McCaffrey is really, really elite as a pass catcher. I mean, like Marshall Falk elite. He is that good in the backfield in the passing game. And with Jimmy G, who we know can force some really bad decisions, the fact that you get him a security blanket alongside Kittle should really help out the offense by limiting turnovers because McCaffrey can get open against linebackers all day, every day. And that's definitely going to help out the offense moving forward. But either way, that's going to pretty much do it for the recap last week. Now it's time to recap the entire season. So I'm going to give out some grades and talk about some overall team grades, some pros and cons, what they can do better in the second half, and then get into some individual players. But for the season breakdown, in order, starting from week one, lost in the monsoon game to the Bears on the road, beat the Seahawks by 20, lost to the Broncos in that painful Sunday night game, 11 to 10, beat the Rams at home on Monday Night Football, beat the Panthers by 22 on the road, lost the Falcons by 14 on the road, that one was the injury bowl where pretty much the entire team was absent on the defensive side of the ball. So that's a bit excusable. Lost to the Chiefs at home by 21 and then beat the Rams last week by 17 on the road. So sweeping the Rams in the regular season, good. Now the Rams weren't a good team or they weren't nearly as good as people thought they were going to be. But still, you have to sweep your division rivals. And that's definitely a good start. As of right now, the Niners are 3-0. and in division play, which is definitely a great start, especially with tiebreaker potential if they have to face off against Seattle and both teams are, let's just say, 10-7 and seven or 11-6, and six, then that's definitely going to pay off if you have the breakers against every team in your division. But still, for the overall breakdown in the first eight weeks, I will give the Niners a B-. And that might sound generous because of the fact they're still 4-4, four and four, I have to account for the injuries. This team has been decimated by injuries all season long, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Now, offensively, they also lost their starting quarterback. Trey Lance got injured, of course, and they ended up having to use Garoppolo. I don't think Lance is good, and I think if he was the quarterback at this point, the Niners would have like two wins. I think he's really bad. 
Now, of course, I don't root for him to get hurt, and it was definitely sad the way in which Jimmy G got the starting job back. But the Niners are a better team when he's behind center. Lance was a disaster, and he played in a bad weather game. He got hurt early on, so I get it. He didn't exactly have a great environment to succeed because he didn't have pass favorable weather, but I've not been impressed by Lance at all in his entire career, and I think that he's going to be a bust, if I'm being totally honest with you. But hopefully he proves me wrong and hopefully he makes a full recovery from his serious injury. But that a backup quarterback in Garoppolo, I know he's starter, he's starter quality, but still, I, he's a backup quarterback for the sake of the preseason expectations. So a backup quarterback, and you have lost a decent amount of your defensive line for several games. You lost one of your best cornerbacks in Mosley for the rest of the season, and yet you're still 4-4. Four and four. And you've also played a bunch of road games. You can go through the schedule and the Niners have already played five road games, so they've had a difficult schedule based on the travel aspect of it, and they're 4-4. Four and four. They're a game out of the division. They have, the so far, the 1-0 head-to-head against the Seahawks. It's a B-. They have looked very sharp at times. They look poised to potentially make a deep run if the offense continues to gel and some of the defensive players on the defensive line get back to full health, but I think it's a B- grade. They've weathered the storm. A lot of road games, a lot of injuries, and they aren't totally out of the picture. That is definitely good enough for me, especially with their upcoming schedule, because they have the really rare five consecutive home games, which I don't think I've seen in a while, if ever. Five straight home games is kind of crazy. They play against the uh, Chargers. They play against the Cardinals. They play against the Saints. They play against the... Sorry, just pulling it up. They pull. They play against the Dolphins, and they play against the Buccaneers. So on paper, preseason, those teams definitely seemed very intimidating. I'm actually going to correct myself. It's technically uh, four home games, and they play one game in Mexico City. Still four home games in five weeks is very, very, I'd say, convenient for the Niners. And the Cardinals have been a train wreck as well. But I'm going to mention the overall competition once again. We'll get into the Chargers breakdown more in depth next week, but the Chargers are injured to hell and back. That team has been a massive disappointment, and I don't think they're very good. The Cardinals have been a train wreck. Hopkins has definitely helped the offense, but Kingsbury's still a bad coach. I expect him to get fired by season's end. New Orleans has really no true quarterback. Dalton's been a very hit-or-miss mess. They had a nice win against the Raiders last week, but they're not very good. The Dolphins are decent. Interesting team to evaluate because Tua went healthy, has done a good job leading that team to wins. The issue is he can't stay healthy, and you're wondering how the nine, how the Niners' defensive line will really make his life miserable, and I think Tua might struggle in that game. And they face off against the Buccaneers, who have been a train wreck because the offense stinks. Their offensive line is missing a bunch of guys based on the offseason injuries. They signed Julio Jones, who's injured every week. What else is new? And the, there's really no cohesion. People are going to blame Brady. You can argue that he deserves some of the blame, I also think Todd Bowles is not a good head coach, and Arians was the much better coach, so I think they downgraded there. Offensive line's been bad. Brady's definitely struggled. They've had some off-the-field issues because of Brady's divorce, etc. They're not good either. But I, if the Niners win those five games, let's just assume the best. Let's say the Niners are going to be favored in each of those games, and they'll win each of those games. They're suddenly 9-4, and four, and they're in a really good spot to win the division. And even if they lose one of those games, that still puts them at eight and five. They should make the playoffs. They should end up winning the division based on how many home games they have. 
Then they play Seattle the week after on the road in a Thursday night game on a Thursday, uh, December 15th. But you're really looking at a favorable second half schedule for the Niners. And I think that since they weathered the storm with the injuries and with the road games and they're four and four, I give them a B minus because they really have the capability and the favorable schedule to be a really good team in the second half of the season. And since the Seahawks were a bit of a surprise, they still have Geno Smith, who's been very good this season. Do you still trust Geno for a full 17 game season? Most people would probably say no. I think most people would say that they like what they've seen. They're expecting some adjustments and Geno might struggle a bit more in the second half compared to the first half. But the Niners have the offensive balance now with McCaffrey. I know Debo Samuel got injured and did not play last game, but he, of course, is as dynamic as they come in the wide receiver position. You have Ayuk, who's been good. Kittle's been really better the last couple of weeks. The offensive line has had some injuries with Trent Williams, et cetera. They should be healthier. The Niners offense has some potential to be even a decent unit, could be a good unit. But if it if it's worst case scenario, mediocre, that might be good enough for this defense. And I think as a result, this team should find a way to win a bunch of games. So the Niners, I think, should end up winning this division. I really like their schedule in the second half. And that's why I'm giving them a B minus for the overall team in the first half. Now, as for the overall players, I'm going to give Jimmy G a B. I think he's been decent for the most part. He has 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, sacked 15 times in seven games, though, which is not great. He's been very good, considering the fact he was a backup quarterback to start the season. So I will give Jimmy G a B. You can argue he should potentially get an A, but he had a couple of really bad games against the Broncos and you know, et cetera. The point is Jimmy G is still going to make really dumb mistakes, and he's going to cost you a game or two. But he is a good fill-in quarterback, and that's good enough to get you to an AFC title game and occasionally a Super Bowl. So an NFC title game, I mean, and a Super Bowl appearance. So there you go. But I'll give Jimmy G a B, Jeff Wilson. And uh, yeah, uh, I got to give Jeff Wilson a B plus. He did a great job filling in. Elijah Mitchell got hurt early on. Wilson provided some stability to the position, and he definitely looked sharp as an unsung hero for this team. Then he obviously got shipped off to Miami, so he's no longer on the roster. But shout out to him. He did a very good job of filling in. You have McCaffrey, who has played a game and a half, basically. And right now it's an A-plus because he took over the Rams game by himself and did something historic. But it's still too early. I'm going to have to grade that as an incomplete. But right now it's definitely a high-letter grade. As for everybody else... I'm giving Trey Lance an incomplete. It's unfortunate he got hurt, so I can't grade him on a game and a quarter, basically. But for the receiving core, I am going to give Ayuk an A. I think he's been very good this year, and he's been underrated. Samuel's battled some injuries, and Ayuk has been very stable with this offense. So I'm going to give Ayuk an A. I think he's been a very underrated player, especially after an underwhelming first half last year. But you're looking at Ayuk. He's added at least 81 yards in each of the last three games. He has four receiving touchdowns. He's been sturdy, and that was what people were hoping for after an inconsistent last season. So I'm going to give Ayuk an A. Samuel give a B-. minus. He's been good. He's had some injury issues. He hasn't really done much running the ball this season, but Samuel does have two receiving touchdowns, and he does have one rushing touchdown. I do think his performance against the Rams on Monday Night Football gives him a decent grade in general, because of that crazy touchdown catch he had. But he's still a massive threat. Defenses have to over-adjust to him, which is why Ayuk has had a lot of good chances in one-on-one coverage. So Samuel has done a lot for this offense, despite not even getting the ball that much, because 
he takes a bunch of attention away from other guys. Kittle is tough to grade because he was awful for the first couple of weeks in terms of production, but he has been very good with producing lately. I'm going to give Kittle, I'm going to give Kittle an A actually. And that sounds extremely generous because he had the underwhelming numbers early on, but with the offensive line injuries, he's really had to chip a lot more on defensive linemen. He's had to help a lot more in protection and Kittle as a result, has been a great player for this team when he's actually played because of his ability to block. And I do think since he is a Swiss army knife with this offense, I have to give him credit for that, even though it's not on the stat sheet. So I'm going to give Kittle an A because I think he's really helped out this offensive line, which has been injured, uh, missing both tackles basically for several weeks. So I'm going to give Kittle an A. I think he's done a lot for this team that is not truly accounted for. So, or truly recognized. So I'll give Kittle an A. Uh, besides that for the defense, Bose is getting an A plus. I know he missed a game, but he has eight and a half sacks. He's been an absolute monster. Warner, I'll give an A-plus as well. He's been a very good linebacker. 62 tackles within the team. He has one sack. He's been really, really good. Besides that, you're looking at Greenlaw, who's been very good as well. Hafunga, who's been good. Ward's been good. It's really, really an impressive defensive unit. And Abukum, I'd probably give an A or an A-minus to as well. But he got hurt. And he has been playing. So props to him, but I do think his production might have been halted because of the injuries he's been battling. So I do like him in general. Armstead's been good too. I can't, I'm not going to grade all the defensive players, but I have to at least acknowledge Abukum, who's been really good. He has no sacks in each of the last three games, but he's been on the injury report constantly. So I do think that at the end of the day, he's been very solid for this unit. But that's going to be the main grades here. I'll give Shanahan... I'm going to give him a B. I think he's been good. The offense was pretty underwhelming at times, but they also didn't have great weapons because McCaffrey wasn't there yet. And Wilson, I think, is good. He's not a game breaker by any means. But Jimmy G was bad in a couple of games. The Sunday night game against Denver was an absolute debacle. But Shannon has righted the righted the actual ship, and I do think that he should get a B for keeping this team at 500 with all these injuries. So that's going to recap the overall grades for the first half. That's going to do it for this episode of the Benavaria podcast. We'll be back once again next week to go through the game against the Chargers. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.